Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. Merry Christmas! Because of the day this has been released, it's Christmas, and what better way to celebrate the festive season than seeing a US president get assassinated? Because that's what we're here to do. It is 24 recap. We don't sleep for Christmas. Colin and I are slaving away, bringing you content that oh. you don't care about. This is live. Forget about kids' presents exactly. and stuff like that, turkey. We get up, we record, we release straight away. We've got family, <laughs> well, at least one of us does, going, where's our presents, Daddy? Where's our presents, Daddy? Then I untie the girl on the bed and I give her presents, and I don't know what Colin <laughs> does on Christmas. But we're here to deliver you a recap of the 11th episode of Season 6. The one you've been waiting for. The one where Logan's back with a beard. The one where a bomb goes off in a tape recorder. That's about In, in a magic marker. <laughs> in a magic marker. Um, Morris is still in the bad books. Lisa's, uh, Bart Simpson's here. I don't think uh, Yearly Smith is in this episode. She might have been. I don't know. Maybe she played the tape cassette player. I don't know. But, and Chloe goes to the men's room. And Chloe goes to the men's room. What an episode. Oh, so glad this is the one we're bringing you on Christmas Day. Uh, my name is Ben, and I really wrote nothing down for this one. Um, I'll be glad when we don't have to work with these people. And my name is Colin, and I'm not going to be okay for a long time. That doesn't mean I can't do my job. Yeah, that's it. Um I have some, on Christmas! Yay! Well, I have some great news. I have a Christmas miracle. This is not the worst episode of 24 ever, but yeah. <laughs> it's maybe the second or third worst episode of 24 no, ever. Oh, no, So no. this is still a terrible episode. Um, it's it's a slight improvement over the last week, at least, but it's still not a very good episode because I've just checked my brain out at the door right now because, again, we're literally living in a world where you can assassinate a U.S. president with a tape recorder and a magic marker. Yep, this is 24. This is 24 jumped the shark about five weeks ago, but uh, we're in this world, folks. Just deal with it. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'd want to fight with you more because I really don't feel like this is justified in being one of the, the single worst ever made. Uh, but, I mean, w- whatever a person comes into it and, and the, whatever enjoyment they can or can't get out of it, I mean, that's based on how they view the show and, if you've checked out at that this point, I mean, I've definitely checked out at this point, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of look for the looking for the best in everything, and uh, I'm trying to compare this to other bad episodes in other seasons. I feel like it is fair to say when you have a stretch of episodes as bad as we've had now for a month and a half, that you can maybe judge each one a little bit harsher. But I, I'm I'm going to try to not judge this one that harshly. The good stuff in this episode 
like so much of season six, there's it's something holding it back still. Like there's something there that doesn't quite work, even in the stuff that does kind of work. And that's what's frustrating because we come off of seasons where even a season like season two can be garbage and then have one or two incredible moments that just like jaw drop. And this should be one of those jaw dropping moments. And it definitely is one of the ones that, uh, you know, I, I remember the best from the season, but when you rewatch it, you're like, Oh, something about that's kind of flat. Like, what is it? And I can't quite put my finger on it. But this is where I completely disagree because I think that while say, I guess our benchmark for badness at this point is season two, you know, you'd have a couple of bad episodes and you're right. You'd all of a sudden sound good. But the difference is the episodes would be overall to me so much better. And you felt like you were going somewhere and you knew at least they were doing something and it was going to go somewhere. This is the complete opposite to me. You have you've made the threads of badness, and it just keeps getting worse. And even when all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe you've got something here. I know it goes nowhere, and I know it's terrible. And I know, like, yeah. I know we've literally got like, and again, even even the Bauer family storyline is frustrating because it's so bad. And then all of a sudden it disappears for two weeks, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, but we're going to shove that back in your face again out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden we've got like outlandish plots that are the main focus on it. And even again, you bring back someone like Logan and we have no clue what he's going on with Logan. Cause he's just like, no, I'm here to help. I don't want anything. It's like, huh? And then all of a sudden it's just like, you know, next week we are going to get arguably the, the closest we get to a parody episode of 24 in the history of 24 oh. next week. Cause I'm telling you now, I still do not believe next week is a real episode. It's a fake episode. It did not happen. Yeah. Um, but like, just I, I, I get what you're saying in a way because like I guess maybe I'm unfairly maligning these episodes on the grander scheme of things, but I just can't remove them. I can't. And that's where mm. it kind of affects me that like I'm watching a magic marker and a tape recorder blow up a president <laughs> and in five minutes' time people are going to be like, oh, well, that's a shame. Powers Booth, what are you up to? Um, like it's just See, this, so bad. This is going to sound weird, but like I'm, I'm, I'm going to applaud you for being, I think, far too harsh on some of these episodes because uh, I struggle still a little bit. Like for the most part, I try to separate and be like, okay, I do know where this is going. Uh, I, some of these times I'm viewing it through the eyes of, I remember this well, let me see how it holds up. Sometimes I'm thinking, oh, I remember how this pays off, but let me remove that from my mind and just view this as its own episode. Don't, don't worry about where this is going to go. Uh, but that maybe makes me a bit of the hypocrite here. So I mean, we're both kind of coming at it from a different yeah. direction. I, I enjoy it for the most part. I enjoy this one a lot more than the last couple episodes we've had. Well, I think it's not, good. I wouldn't, I'm not going to say a lot more, a bit more. Well, I think it's good to have a balance on this show that you've got an idiot like me who's just going to be like, and then maybe we've got somebody who can counterbalance it out there. A, so. a little less of an idiot. Like yeah, me. exactly. Um, so, I mean, like Fayed and Gradenko again are barely in this episode. We just get what like a phone call with them at the beginning, basically. Like Fayed's just been relegated, I guess. You know, again, Adoni. Maybe this is where he was, as he said on the show. Listen to it, great interview. Um, that yeah, he wasn't well Recovering around from death. <laughs> he, he wasn't around this place well around this time. So you know, let's relegate into a phone call. Uh, we find out, is this one where we find out they've got drones or is that, I mean, I know next week we're kind of going to get more of that. The but, thing is next week. Yeah. But is there, is there not like a mention here about like, oh, we've got the payload oh, in no, like two hours or something like that. Or You're right. I think that, uh, I think that Gradenko mentioned something about a drone. It's next week where their big plot of what the drones are for is revealed. He's a bit like what's his face last season where he's kind of got very like 
dramatic trailer lines, doesn't he? Like, and mm. years of America will be, uh, you know, paying for their crimes. And it's and like these other Russian guys, like, oh, I'm glad that we won't have to deal with these people. Again, like, this is uh, this is the teaser of things that could have been in this season. Like, as we mentioned, like, last week or the week before about how have the whole season of, like, warring villains, you know, who yeah. kind of maybe could achieve their goal better if they just work together, which, I mean, I guess they've blown up a nuclear bomb in the USA. So, I mean, what's not to... Uh, What's not to achieve there? I think I might do CTU stuff here lumped with that because, I mean, what have we got here? Morris, once again, is just not doing his job correctly. Nadia doesn't want Morris working. They have the boardroom meeting about like, no, I don't think that he should work. And Bill's like, well, that is noted, Nadia, but you're wrong. Um, so there's that. Chloe keeps telling Morris to call his sponsor. And he's all like, yeah, love, yeah, love, absolutely, absolutely. I've called my sponsor, I've called my sponsor. Um, and Chloe writes down the number from the phone, rings up the sponsor, and who answers the phone? <laughs> Hi, is Al there? Eat my shorts. Alcoholic. <laughs> 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 I'm a stupid moron with a stupid partner. Just, it does want there to be I need a man to hug and kiss. <laughs> Why can't I find a man to hug and kiss? <laughs> It is Nancy Cartwright. If anybody watching this episode didn't catch who this person was on the phone, well, it's because she's not playing a 10-year-old boy in yellow. That is, ladies and gentlemen, Nancy Cartwright, a.k.a. Bart Simpson. Now, the only thing I did read from the book this week that was interesting was apparently, similar to like we've talked about Ricky Gervais and Eddie Izzard and all these kind of people who've had cameos, massive 24 fan. So, uh, obviously, given the Fox connections, and we will yeah. eventually get around to the 24 episode of The Simpsons, because if you didn't know, they did a whole episode on The Simpsons. Keeper was in it. Marilyn was in, was in it. A whole 24 parody episode. Um, but, yeah, she was a massive fan of The Simpsons, so she got a cameo. Uh, I'm assuming she's a fan of The Simpsons. A massive fan of 24. <laughs> so she got a cameo uh, on 24, which, again, like... I'm going to say right now, maybe the least offensive thing or the least shit thing in this episode because Nancy Cartwright is a genuine actor. Like, I mean, she was in Godzilla. She's been in live action things before just because she does the voice acting of one of the famous characters in the history of animation doesn't mean she can't act. So Mm -hmm. um, it's one of these things where, and this is the die another day argument for me. (laughs) It's just a character. If you don't know who this is, Uh. it's woman on the phone. If you don't know who Verity is in Die Another Day, it's fencing in structure, handing over James Bond to Gustav Graves. Don't start. The the, the difference is when you're watching Die Another Day, you're like, what's the grandma doing there uh, getting zipped up by Pierce Brosnan? Nancy Cartwright, (laughs) older than Madonna in this scene than Madonna was in Die Another Day. You couldn't tell. I really can't tell. (laughs) Anyway, the fact is, if we didn't point this out, if you didn't know this is Bart Simpson, you wouldn't have a clue who it is. Yeah. Similar to Verity I, in, in Die Another Day. But, like, I mean, it's just it's just a sponsor. It's, there's nothing offensive with this. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is uh, when the, the sponsor was mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I had this flashback, like, didn't like somebody's famous play his sponsor? So I had to Google it, and that's when I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'd, I'd forgotten who it was, but I remembered, oh, yeah, there was, like, a weird cameo when the sponsor came up. Which I don't know if at the time I knew. Like, I mean, I knew who Nancy Cartwright was. I knew what she looked like. Like, I knew that she was the woman in Godzilla who, like, looks up at the window and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if at the time, because it's a real blink-and-you-miss-it type cameo, you know, so... Mm-hmm. And basically, she's on the phone going like, hey, I don't know, I haven't talked to Morris in like two years. So Chloe's all like, ah. So she's storming into the men's room. You bastard, you lied to me. And it's like, love, love, love. No, I call my sponsor Gerald. And 
You can have his number if you want. Like, you're going crazy. This is obsessive. And she's all like, I'm worried for you. I'm worried for you. She walks away. But he does have alcohol. So he, like, he maybe was about to have a drink. I don't know where he got that other drink from. Um, like, it's just classic CTU drama. I mean, again, a bomb, nuclear bomb's gone off. Like, but, it, like, as you kind of alluded to, I think it was last week, like, if there is an excuse to warrant excessive drinking for an alcoholic guy was just tortured two hours ago. He had to drill into his skull. He armed nuclear bombs. I mean, cut the guy some slack. They've, they've yeah. got a terrible mental health department at CTU in 2007. Um, like, it's it's ridiculous. Um, and even, like, poor old Bill and Nadia coming down on him. Like, I mean, if they're not torturing their staff, other people are, and you're expected to get back to work five <laughs> minutes later. Jesus. Yeah, like to me, this isn't about condoning whether, you know, an alcoholic is relapsing and doing it on the job and stuff like that. He did say he's okay to work, but like they asked and who asks after they go through what he went through? I mean, there should at the very least be a debrief or a torture of him first before they allow him back on the job. Uh, They're just really getting a little bit too slack on their rules here. But everything that happens with him, it's not even about justifying, oh, you know, is he drinking or not? It's like, Okay, is this job what's pushing him to it? Forget about arming a nuclear bomb. You expecting him to do this job is yeah. that's what's pushing him to this. Um, I, I still like this storyline though, and I don't know why because it's it's really cheesy. Uh, first of all, the scene where Chloe barges in there, like nobody other than Chloe is going to make that work. I mean, if you if you had had this being Milo storming in there or Nadia or anybody else, it's just absurd for Chloe. This is the only time we ever see her being protective over a person. And I actually do get that on Mary Lynn's performance as well. Like it feels like she's being protective of her husband. She's worried about her husband or her ex-husband. I don't know if they're they're not technically married again at this point, I don't think. But no, uh, or are they ever divorced? Did they ever clear that up? Uh well, yeah, she's still got a name. Well, she's well, but but they do say at the end of last season, that's my husband. I don't think they ever say ex-husband. So I've always just assumed they were separated and they're yeah, kind of maybe. back together. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, she's obviously very worried about him and it, it, it kind of works. Um, I wonder, like this bottle, I, I'd like to go back to the previous episode to see whether he throws the bottle away because he obviously makes himself throw up. He doesn't throw it away. It's like half full. Uh, but how do you get this in here? Like we've seen people coming to CTU, you're emptying their pockets. I mean, if you go into an airport, you go to any secure facility, empty your pockets. What do you have in there? So these security guards are seeing this bottle of whiskey or whatever. How many times has this place been blown up? Colin, we know there's no security here. (laughs) They're really not worried about it, but, but he's been walking around with it in his back pocket. That means he's sitting on this thing throughout the entire day here. Um, To me, the best part about this though, is that she goes in while he's taking a dump and he never wipes. He bases Chloe. It's okay. And then he just walks out of there. You well, got washes, a white man. Like, this is disgusting. Hands, at least. I mean, there's a positive. Oh, okay, but there's something else that's got to be washed here if it's not going <laughs> to be wiped. I mean, that's what I'm concerned about. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the stuff with Nadia uh, getting really worried about him, like, okay, she's new. Uh, let, let's just chalk it up to that. But, like, we have seen so many other people go through such worse things than this and be such greater risks to whether you're going to get the job done right or not, including Chloe, Jack, Chase, Kim, um, Adam, Edgar. Uh, let's add Milo to that. I mean, Milo, just he's got his arm in a sling and nobody's questioning whether he can do his job. He's not a field agent. Like he's gone through just as much trauma, maybe not as much trauma. He didn't arm a nuclear bomb, I guess. And that is a great line of Morris's too. It's like, I helped uh, terrorists arm a nuclear bomb. I'm not going to be okay for a long time. Uh, but like Milo's gone through this too and nobody's worried about him. It's just, 
it feels like he's being singled out just because he's the, the alcoholic or whatever. Just because he's white. That's right. Or or Muslim as the the Canadian television uh, likes to cast him as. Bold. But uh, well, well, and that was the other funny part when he's saying who his sponsor actually is. What is the name? I wrote it down here. Jerry or Terry or something like that. Ted. He goes, remember Ted? And he describes him with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. The only guy, you know, with hair. That's what I remember now, Ted. Um, but but still, it's so weird that this is a storyline that actually I'm kind of invested in. It's funny you say that, though, because uh, the other week when I met the president of the uh, the James Bond British fan club, and I'm sort of like, oh, yep, I'll be here. And this is what I look like. He goes, Oh, yep, you won't miss me with the hair. I'm like, okay. And then when he came in, he had a very, like, obvious hairstyle. So maybe that's what he means. Maybe it's like, you know, lost oh, water. Like the Pompadour, Elvis. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell. <laughs> that's what the Chloe should have been like, you know, Ted with the hair at the Pompadour. <laughs> Elvis. <laughs> um... Meanwhile, uh, Jack and Logan, uh, we get a scene with Marilyn. I feel we always get Marilyn and Jotter in this for two seconds. And this is the, like, isn't this where, like, Jack's, like, rubbing her head or something like that? Like, it's okay. Like, you've, you've been through enough. And then to Josh, like, I'll sit you down in a couple hours and we'll chat about this. I just wanted to, like, sit you down in a couple hours and shoot you. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you are annoying. <laughs> um, and we're two weeks away from Ricky Schroeder, everyone. Oh, um, oh I've, I watched ahead to that episode, oh, so I'll feel bad. I'll, for you. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that, I guess, more next week. Um, so, yeah, anyway, Marilyn, Josh, just again, forget about the power. I'm like, I, I shouldn't be complaining. Forget about the power family drama. But again, this is weirdly an issue with this season. It's just like literally yeah. you, you get to a point where you've blacked it out. Like, oh, thank God that's gone. And all of a sudden, in two weeks' time, you're like, oh, fuck, these assholes are still around. <laughs> like, well, it just makes no sense. Uh, like, I, I get, I don't remember. I, I think I figured James Cromwell was going to be in more of the season uh, when this aired back in 2007. But the way that this plays, it, you almost feel like the Philip story has wrapped up. And mm-hmm. even on a rewatch, you're like, wait, wait, he's supposed to be. I know he's in more of this. Yeah. It, it's more an issue of, this is where I'll agree with you. When you know where this is going to go, you're like, but it doesn't really make sense for them to drop this, especially when we see the lengths Jack's about to go to, uh, A, and trusting Logan in the first place, and B, all the nonsense in next week, when they have yet to even explore, your dad's tied to these terrorists. Can we at least look at his laptop? Can we can we go to his house? Can we look at his, his filing cabinet? Anything? Those There's so many leads, they're just ignoring at this point. It, it's not even about whether or not Jack's family's still out there and we need to be, you know, can continue to keep their presence alive in the show. It's like CTU should be looking at this right now and they're not. Look under his hair. Um, like to, to give you context, <laughs> he is not in another episode until the last four episodes of this season. We do what? not see Philip Bauer for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven more episodes. There you go. Oh. And this is the thing, because this is where this season is so convoluted, particularly with villains, because all of a sudden it's like we've got We've got Fayed. We've got Gredenko. Oh, Logan's back. We're going to get, um, what's his face? Uh, Ma Z, Z Ma back in a couple of weeks as well. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. So we're going to get him back. So like, it's in the just, console. Exactly. So like, this is the problem. And this is where it is frustrating. This is where I can't separate like an episode from the season. Cause I know that this is just so convoluted and everywhere. And this is again, an issue I have with Logan because it's like, like Logan in season eight is very over the top. I mean, yes, we get, that's Jack Bauer! Like one of the worst lines in 24 history. 
But to me, what they do with Logan in season eight is they bring him back and they use him in a manner in which I imagine that is Logan. Because from what we got of Logan at the end of last year, that I kept saying it came out of nowhere, but then like, you know, we relished the fact that we got this almost cartoony James Bond Logan villain. That's what we get in season eight. So that is to me, when you bring Logan back, that's what you're going to get. This to me, and I will correct myself from last week, Logan is in it in a few more episodes than I gave. I think he's in that maybe four or five. I said he's only in like one or two. But for some reason, uh, the, the episode after next week, I thought was the same as next week. I thought that was all in the same episode, but I was wrong. The Martha episode is not the same episode. Um, but to me, like, this is where I just am not a fan of what we get here. I'm not a fan of next week with Logan, and I'm definitely not a fan of the following week with Logan. Um, like, it's just Logan is in a compound, and he's basically all like to Jack, like, hey, Jack, so, yeah. I've been a bad man. Jack's like, yes, you have. And we get a bit of exposition between Jack and Bill about, I guess we need to find out what happened to Logan at the end of last season. So basically he made some sort of arrangement that he's under house arrest. America never found out that he basically fucked everything over and he obviously stepped aside peacefully. And there's obviously an election somewhere because how Gardner is not the president. Uh, mm. We've now got the Democrats in power. So clearly there was some sort of election in between hand. That's never talked about. Um, the fact is Logan is basically under house arrest. He's not paid for anything. He hasn't left the compound in a year, but he can help out because for some reason out of nowhere, Philip hands on a pass. Again, I still don't understand how this is connected and back to Logan. It's just a cheap way of getting Logan back into the plot. Oh, I was hopeful that you'd be able to explain it to me. Having watched the I don't know. So let's, to recap last week's plot twist, when Philip leaves Jack alive, he gives him a PDA and he's like, call this number. So the number he calls is Logan. So then Jack goes to see Logan and Logan is basically like, hey, so those bombs, pretty bad, eh? <laughs> I might know the man behind it, Gradenko. Yeah. Turns out that my mate over at the Russian consulate is his good buddy. So I'm going to go over to him and I'm going to get some more information. So, okay, great. If you know that they're connected... Surely you know more about Gradenko. What's that got to do with Philip Bauer? What's this got to do with this shady government conspiracy with Graham Bauer and everybody else and next season, like, all the things you're going to get? Again, this is where they're just going way too deep and convoluted and it's just like, hey, Logan was bad. Let's put him involved. And even he this week starts talking about being involved in Palmer's murder and it's like, well, didn't we just establish that was Graham and make your Mm. mind up? Um, And this is where, again, like, it just frustrates me and why, like, to me, I almost like to ignore that Logan's in this season and his return is season eight. That's kind of how I look at it in a weird way. Because even like with his like Bible quotes and again, I'm always very anti-preachy when it comes to this sort of stuff because if this, I feel that Logan never clearly gives a directive of what he wants. Like in a way, to me, it's kind of he wants to see Martha again. But even then, is it? And even then when we get Martha back in a couple of weeks, it's so bad. Um, I just don't know what to stomach this. And all this basically is going to border down to is a lot of conversations between Jack and Logan, and they're going to agree to go to the Russian consulate. That's basically this storyline this week. I don't really have a whole lot more to add because it frustrates me. See, I I don't mind what we get with Logan. What I do mind is that it doesn't make sense in terms of the story they're telling this season. It feels like you need an excuse to put him in here. And it all feels like stalling. Um, because, more than anything, the first thing Jack should be asking him is, 
how do you know my father? Yeah. Why yeah. did my father give you the, like, <laughs> this is the most logical question that is not even being asked. Yep. Uh, and that's what's frustrating about this. I, I like that we see these different sides of Logan and I, I, I always blend together season six and eight. I, I often forget it. I, I often think that what we get out of season eight is combined with what we get here that Logan's introduced and then we kind of get it evolving. And then I have to remind myself, no, 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 the, the season eight one. Um, but to see these different sides of Logan, like what I love about Logan is that we get four different characters in four different seasons that he's in. And to me, that feels realistic for a guy that's in his position who didn't want to be president, wasn't equipped to be president the first time, had all this power that he wasn't, you know, really mature enough to handle or, or responsible enough to handle, got himself way in over his head, ruined his own life, wants to turn his life around. Things don't go as planned in this season. So in season eight, we finally get the Logan who he probably was always meant to be. Um, I, I'll definitely have issues with where they go. I don't remember loving the, the stuff when we get Martha coming back, but the, the punchline of it, the, the final moment we get a Logan in this season to me is what makes season six Logan interesting to me is that oh. it's it's kind of like a sad Logan. I've been saying this since last season. Like I, I like the, uh, you know, feel a little bit of empathy for this guy, despite the fact that he's a terrible human being and he did all this to himself. That doesn't mean you can't at least, you know, feel for him a little bit with how bad things turn out for him. But it becomes very frustrating, even in this episode when he's explaining, oh, so I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. And that's basically what this comes down to. And for where this takes Jack next week, like that's going to become a huge issue. Because that's where it becomes very clear. You didn't need this to be Logan in this part of the season. It could have been anybody. I just want to uh, read out something before there's a scene I forgot to mention. This is my uh, in my little article that I wrote uh, in terms of ranking all the episodes of 24. In two weeks' time, this is my summary of the episode that we get uh, with Logan and Martha. And I'm sorry for spoiler alert, but it's Christmas Day. You deserve a present. <laughs> the one where Martha Logan stabs Charles Logan and Aaron Pierce buys Martha fruit. Why? Because drama, that's why. I think you've read that before. That's, that's, that's a pretty solid description. Like that, that's the episode in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to see Aaron Pierce by Martha Fruit, then tune in in two weeks. There is well, a- let, let's cycle back, though, in a couple weeks to the, the, the way that Logan goes out it's, of this season, no, look, which I think is still strong. You made a great point. Four different characters, four seasons. I get that, and I, I agree with that. I think, yeah, it goes out strong, but at the same time, it's the Tony effect. It's the Daniel Craig effect in Tomb Raider. It's, it's he just disappears and then never to be spoken of again. It's just that's my issue with it. Like it's and it's what you're going to get with Wayne in this season um, when he comes back for like two episodes and then just goes away and then you find out what happens to him in a small newspaper headline if you're reading the newspaper and Redemption and freeze frame it. Like it's just it's I get it. We're not TV writers. It's hard to completely follow everything. But, like, something as obvious as ex-President Logan gets nearly assassinated, current President Wayne Palmer nearly, well, does get basically assassinated. I feel like there should be updates on that. Um, yeah. There is, a, there is a I guess, a phone call between Jack and, and President Palmer here, and he's all like, what? oh, do we have to do this? And then there's a phone call between Logan and Palmer, which, I mean, I will say, like, Wayne's, this may be Wayne's strongest episode. Uh, he's very, like, mm-hmm. I like kind of how he's, like, a bit ballsier this episode, a bit more presidential this episode is Wayne. So I'll uh, give him props there and give props to D.B. Woodside. But I don't mind the phone call between Logan and, and Wayne Palmer because, like, you know, he's all – Logan's like, oh, a couple of years ago your brother asked me to help out. And then he's like, yeah, then you yeah. try to kill him. Like, that's kind of cool, even though, again, make your mind up. Who killed Palmer? But, that, but that's, what I, well, that's what I do like about what we get with Logan here. He's a guy trying to make amends. And the first thing he's tr- trying to do is, like, 
this is this is I wronged this family. So let me repay them the way that their family repaid. He's basically saying the reason I shouldn't have, you know, uh, at least contributed to the assassination of your your brother or whatever is because he did help me. So I want to return that favor. Although you already mentioned it earlier. We just had Philip saying he was involved in the assassination. Graham was involved in the assassination. Then we have Jack ignoring that for this entire episode. It's as if they filmed this episode before they even scripted the previous week's episode. Um, But uh, I don't know. The the big problem here is also just Jack being surprised Mm. that Logan's just under house arrest. Like, what did you think was going to happen? What do you think? This country would be in how much worse of a position if this ever was made public. I guess the only thing that you can excuse it is Jack has been in a prison for 18 months. So, I mean, you know, he wouldn't know. Because remember at the beginning of the season, it's like, well, of course, but, how would you know Palmer's president? So, like... Yeah, but, like, he, he should at least assume the way that everything went down before he got taken true. by the Chinese. They're not going to make this public. That's not going to be good for anybody. I do also love Logan trying to compare the two. I know what it's like to be in prison. I, too, have been in this <laughs> compound for a year. I want Jack to be like, bitch, please. Did you have, like, <laughs> scorpion venom injected into you? Like, I mean, oh, wait, wrong movie. But, like, you know, like, I was tortured. I was, like, released <laughs> and then captured again. Um, I mean, like, I think this is, again, a classic season six example of there's more here. Because, like, this is, again, the frustrating thing with Logan. Is that, like, while I'm not anti-Logan repenting for his sins... Like, because it, it makes it intriguing when he's like, I'm not after a pardon. And I would say no if one was offered to me. Like, it makes it intriguing. You're like, oh, okay, what's his real game here? Because that's our issue. We're not believing this. We're like, well, there's, yeah. like, make it if he truly is repentant or this sort of stuff that make this more of a thing. Because, like, again, but, it just disappears. But, the, again, the way that this all wraps up, though, I think is what's appropriate. Because the audience wants to feel like this guy didn't get away with it, especially since none of this was made public. And the fact that he goes to lengths he goes through this season, all for one thing, and then that completely backfires. I mean, you're like, well, that's a suitable punishment for this guy. And that's why I'm almost okay when he comes back in season eight. You're like, he's not necessarily the, the, the guy who needs to be punished anymore. You know, he's, he's suffered enough. Which even in season eight, it's kind of one of these things where you kind of question is what he's doing completely wrong. <laughs> so it's kind of, anyway, uh, season eight, Logan, that's Jack Bauer! <laughs> Um, anyway, so the, the, the stuff we haven't talked about, I guess, is the White House stuff. So, um, the ambassador for Yemen is back. Um, and again, like, come on, like, I know Palmer's all buddy-buddy with Osama bin Assad here, but, like, all of a sudden it's like, freaking George Bush has, let's say it's Obama, like, you know, enough years has passed, so Obama has got, um, you know, Osama bin Laden in the White House. Like, hey, president of like Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia, you know this old scallywag with a beard and turban? And it's like, yes, he's the reason why you bombed our country. Like, we didn't do anything. He did. Yeah. <laughs> Millions of our citizens are dead because of this asshole. And I love the ambassador is just like, I'm going to walk out of the room. Like, yes, so you should. <laughs> and then the president is just basically like, if you walk out of that room, we'll bomb your country. <laughs> <laughs> it's like shit you're good uh, <laughs> if you don't straighten that tie we'll bomb your country pop is such a bully <laughs> and this is the one we like him in exactly yeah be a man be a bully you threaten those countries <laughs> now america does it um so basically we're here and it's all kind of like um hey so he's gonna go on tv and tell people to stop doing shit do you think that will work it's like hmm Maybe they kind of don't like him, but you're going to bomb us. So I'll just say yes. 
Good. I'm glad to have you on board. <laughs> so the rest of this episode then with Palmer is him basically just going over speeches and signing like not pardons, but whatever they are for Logan. Meanwhile, Peter McNichol is being tied up by Diet <laughs> Rob Lowe and Diet Henchman Man. Uh, I mean, this is again just a complete repeat of last season when they're letting the guy into CTU and it's like the 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 security guards here at the... But like, I'm sorry, this is a bunker under the White House. They've been put in there to be protected. Are they really just letting people in like this is reception for White House HQ? Like... I'm pretty sure they would not be letting anyone in right now. They're under yeah. lockdown because the country just got attacked by a nuclear bomb. Oh, Jenkins from accounts needs to check some figures before the before the big speech. No, they're not letting him down. And then just to overemphasize the fact that this guy is definitely not evil with a bomb, let's look at the things that just happen to be a bomb because no one's ever going to suspect a highlighter and a tape <laughs> recorder. And, of course, I love this like guy who's basically like, it's like, I, I literally watched Home Alone 2, like, two nights ago. He's got the talk boy here. <laughs> Kevin, are you packed? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Get out of here, you know, the little pervert. I'm going to slap you silly. <laughs> Get out of here, you know, the little pervert. I'm going to slap you silly. Like, literally presses the record, testing one, two, three. What if this guy was like, oh, that was my interview with, like, the UN Secretary General. You just over-recorded it, you dickhead. I, I'm just picturing it, them, them playing all the, Wayne playing around it. This is Wayne Palmer, the brother. <laughs> Credit card, you, you got, got it. it. I love that Extradition movie. treaty, you've got it. Sorry, unpopular opinion. I know this is not a popular opinion. Number two, shit's all over number one. So much better. Jamie said the same thing to me. I, I, I wanted to divorce her, but uh, so you have your better. opinion. So much better. I never watched the first one. If I ever rewatch a Home Alone movie, I only ever watch the second one. I don't know the last time <laughs> I've seen Home Alone 1. That's how long it's been since I've seen the first one. Um... Anyway, so um, in comes the, I hate this guy. This guy's just like, we're going to kill. Let's let's kill Peter McNichol. Carter? No, it's not. Well, we should. Why? Because <laughs> we're, and I love freaking Reed's like explanation here. We're not murderers. It's like, you're killing the president of the United States. Oh, but we're doing that for the good of the country. Shut up. Um, so basically, in order to assassinate the United States president, uh, you were going to get a tape recorder. You were going to mix a bit of, you know, fluorescent highlighter fluid in your magic marker, put it into little canisters, put it in. That's going to create a massive explosion. If that is that simple, then I'm sorry. Every single terrorist on 24 in the previous four seasons, you suck. Uh, previous five mm. seasons. Like, you just need a tape recorder, a highlighter, and a battery. Um, if you're listening to this, future terrorists, that's all you need. Go to Officeworks. Go to Staples. Go to Office Depot. Done. Uh, I mean, I've got a highlighter here and a battery in my drawer. Can I go blow something yeah. up? Probably. Um, and then you've got um, Peter McNichol tied up and he's all like, ooh. And I love how he's like got this piece of gaffer tape on his mouth and they keep taking it off his mouth and they're just all like, oh, you're an idiot. Uh, and this is where I think you were trying to say last week, like, oh, is he was he against him the whole time or was he just, you know, yeah, like. But it, I, I it kind of stated here. But I, I, I don't. I think that's just Peter McNichol basically just like being a dick to read. It's no different to next week yeah. when he kind of stands up to him. I think he, again, I, I stand by the well, fact that he was with him and then he just kind of turned against him at the last minute. That's my opinion. I mean, I have the opinion that he he kind of exactly what he claims throughout the season. But I think what's interesting is the way they even phrase this where he says, tell me, you know, tell me, were you with me this whole time or or did you change your mind? And there's this long pause, and then the way he even says it, let's just say that you know I was I was uh, against you from the beginning or something like that. But he 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 pauses and he says it in a way where it still keeps uh, you know the question alive for the audience. 
which I think was the writers being like, we don't know if we want to make Peter McNichol bad later in the season. Let's just keep that option open. Eh, I, I don't know if I agree. I think it's more, it's just, it's, it's, you get somebody who you think is evil and then you kind of like them at the end, if you know what I mean. And I, I, I've always just implied that he's just being a dick and then he's just, he's, He's a good guy. Like, I, oh, I, just, I see he's a good guy. We, so. we have, like, 12 episodes left to go, 13 episodes left. I, I'm, I'm willing to bet the writers are like, let's just make sure we don't completely close the door on this in case we decide we want to make it that, you know, uh, Lennox is a bad guy in the end. Well, speaking of closing the door, everyone's trying to find him, by the way. No one puts out, like, any sort of, you know, thing until next week. But then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, let's have a test of this uh, run-through, which I always, I always forget that this isn't live on TV. I always feel this is live on TV. But it's a, it's the the rehearsal. Didn't realize that the president had to have rehearsals. Um, mm. So Reed comes in and puts the tape recorder there. Wouldn't this be more of a statement if they did it live on TV? Um, and then all of a sudden he presses like his little Palm Pilot six two whatever it is. And then um, Assad sees it. Is like, what is this? Uh, I feel like this is very Zoolander. What is this? A school for ants? <laughs> How are they meant to get into the building if they meant to learn to read if they can't even fit into the building? Um, so all of a sudden he's like bomb and he jumps on the president and oh no the bomb's gone off and for a tiny little bomb that's caused some pretty serious damage and again like this is going to be a massive issue i have with next week this is the president of the united states of america the most protected man on the planet or woman the most protected person on the planet well, he's definitely a man he's or is he? We don't know. We don't know. All right. Maybe he identifies as something else. We have no idea. Good for him. But at this point, we believe him to be of the male gender. <laughs> the president of the United States has just been blown up and a couple of people just lazily running. Like, oh, I've lived up that piece of wood. Lived up. There he is. Oh, he looks all right. And then you've just got Reed in the background going, <laughs> and just casually oh. like walks away. Again, like... This place is like, I mean, they're already under lockdown. This is meant to be more secure than a bum in the White House. And this has just yeah. happened. Everyone's just like, next week, we're literally just going to see them go, do, 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 take the president to the hospital. All right. No, are you, you're good to be president now. Like, it's so lazy and relaxed. Like, again, this is just, it does not feel like it's meant to be like whatever. Should mention Lennox also like tries to set some gas off, but he doesn't. I just, uh, I just, I hate this storyline. I hate this storyline. I hate it. I hate it. Mm. I hate it. I, I I think it provides something at least a little bit entertaining considering what we've been getting the last couple of weeks. This is a big moment still, and it, it, it drastically shifts everything that's going to come after this. Um, first, the thing with the ambassador, it's a, it's a nice little detail that they're getting into some of these other politics. Is like This was a big part of like season two, and uh, we haven't really had a lot of this. Like, yeah, we, we kind of joke every once in a while. It's like, oh, there's this going on in this country, but... You know, the fact that they are going to be on the brink of war and you're involving ambassadors. And there's even the mention about the prime minister here. The only deleted scene in this episode is um, a scene where Wayne is on the phone to the prime minister of Yemen, let's just say. Uh, and he's a like, yes, Mr. Prime Minister. OK. All right. So you're OK with us putting him on the air? OK, good. Thank you. Uh, it's a completely meaningless scene. But again, if if you like the fact they have these details, like the fact that even in the home country, they don't like Assad, like. I wish we'd gotten a little bit more of a sod here closer to the end uh, because this is a big problem with season six. Like you've got some good ideas. You don't quite explore far enough. I want to see more about like why everybody's afraid of this guy because everybody is justified from what we've heard. This guy was a terrorist and maybe we just, we need to see a little bit of a darker side of him. I, I like the conversation we had like a week or two ago when he was, uh, Assad was talking to Wayne and, um, he was saying, it's like, you know, oh, oh, oh well, you know, you, you basically are responsible for getting these people all riled up. 
And he's like, well, nobody's going to follow me at all because they're just going to see me as a puppet. Like that we could get a little bit more of, and we don't really have enough here. Um, but it gives Wayne a chance to be presidential, like you said. I mean, this is the most backbone we see. And I think even you know, a, a diehard 24 fan is probably watching the show at this point being like, okay, I'm all for let's not, you know, uh, racially profile people and stuff like that. But are you being a little bit too loose on, you know, your security here? Like there's got to be something you could do, even if it's not about just for the Muslims or whatever. Wayne doesn't seem to have a lot of uh, uh, care for the protection of his country throughout the season. So to see him come out of here with the, the, the tough, flexing his tough guy muscles here and is like, you know, I'm going to shoot you in the head if you don't agree to do this. That's what I want to see. I don't yeah. I want all presidents threaten to shoot people in the head or make them, you know, sniff a magic marker or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, um, where this goes, again, like some of it really does work and some of it doesn't. Lennox just being tied up. I don't know why they keep going in there to him to check on him. Uh, like you said, it is important when Reed's saying it's like the, the, the gravity of this is starting to hit me now what we're about to do. Because let's remember that next week when these two characters basically completely change places. The guy who is all for let's kill Lennox now is saying like, we're not murderers. And then and, and there's Reed who's going all psychopath. Um, them playing the bomb, like the bomb itself. I mean, it's, it caught it catches you off guard. It's something that I think most people remember from watching the season, but it's almost over too quick. Like I feel like they're going so much for just that shock moment yeah. of you know it, it, we want to get the audience on a great cliffhanger where this could have been dragged out even extra ten or fifteen seconds, see a little bit more of the chaos because you're focusing on Reed, which just is so cheesy. It is yeah. mustache twirling, and realistically, something like this happens. The two biggest holes in this is. This explosion's not big enough that it's obliterated the room. So your bomb is going to have fragments everywhere. They, they can track what blew up here. They're going to be like, oh, look at this. A tape recorder split in two. The only thing split is the podium. So either the podium was a bomb or this tape recorder is a bomb. They say in one of the future episodes that Wayne was only 10 feet away or something like that, and he's not dead yet. That means that is not that powerful of an explosive. They will know where this came from. And yet their plan is we're going to pin it on a sod. Excuse me, somebody search this guy is going to say, he didn't have a tape recorder. Mm. Somebody at CTU is going to be like, we had him in our custody. He didn't have a tape recorder. He definitely didn't have any magic markers. He had none of this stuff. Nothing is foolproof about their plan. Like nothing is even close to even intelligent about their plan to pin this on Assad. Um, but I do like the moment where Assad sort of catches it and then it's just, he gets cut off or like, boom! <laughs> it's, you got the half word out there right before he gets blown up and everything. But then, yeah, that shot of Reed, just uh, as everybody else is panicking, again, Witnesses are going to be like, so when the bomb went off, Reed was really calm and almost had a smile come across his face. He was joking. I'm pretty off. sure I saw. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I saw him with that tape recorder. You know, at some point over the last you know six hours or whatever we've been here. All of the Secret Service uh, agents at security be like, wait, that was a, a CEO seven twelve seven series. That was from <laughs> that evil looking guy who I led him with a highlighter. <laughs> oh, that, that, that the guy looks like Rob Lowe, but not quite as handsome or, or talented. Uh, <laughs> well, his voice is on that that thing. He goes one two three. He's a murderer. They're going to get it on the <laughs> Secret Service agent. Testing, testing. This is Reed here. Testing. <laughs> um, one question I have, I, I don't know if this uh, maybe an american out there can answer this for me when the bombing happens you just hear people repeatedly saying citadel is down and not the president's down or not potus or something like that and i tried to look up to see if this is you know some 
official code word for president. I couldn't find anything. I, I do find like Citadel is a, is a word that's used in U.S. politics. But don't they always is have a- like isn't but don't they have certain codes for certain things like certain days? Like don't they like kind of will use it like maybe because it's an emergency situation in the bunker. The the code word is Citadel. They change it for the, that exact oh, reason. So if people like if if they're under attack, they don't always have the same code name. If you know what I mean. Is see- he? That, that's where you have to have some really smart people. I mean, I consider myself to be at least smarter than Ben. Yeah, uh, but true. when you have these things like the password changes every single day oh. or the code name changes every single day, I don't know how I'd ever keep up with that, yeah. especially when they're going without sleep. Like, this is 24. If this were another season, what would happen if we get to episode number 19 or 20 of this season? And they haven't slept, so they're like, Citadel. And they're like, excuse me? That was yesterday, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Today, he is Pelican, okay? <laughs> well, it was like the the Queen. I knew, I knew the Queen one when the Queen died was always going to be London Bridges Down or something like that. Like, that was the oh, yeah. that was the code. Yeah, I think, and I think the biggest thing, too, with this, and again, this is why I think Wayne Palmer always gets overlooked in the president conversation of 24. It's just because I think he just gets treated like crap this season in terms of his role as president. It's just... As I've said all season, it's like, hey, who would be president? I know, Palmer's brother. Let's connect that with the audience. He's not yeah. the greatest president. And then the way they kind of like shit all over him, even when he gets us like nearly assassinated, this is barely made a big deal out of. He comes back in a few weeks with some shit, then disappears and never to be heard from again. Like it's just kind of, it's 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 odd. And like even, yeah. even David's assassination attempt at the end of season two, at least that's a big season cliffhanger. And we get a lot of that in the game. And then we kind of get him rubbing his hand with Randy Cruz, Wendy Cruson. So kind of like, you know, you, you, at least you kind of play up on that. Even with Keeler, you would argue, well, they kind of overlooked that. But, I mean, Keeler was just a background president anyway. He was never an actual, like, care about president. And then we'll kind yeah. of get some sort of stuff with Taylor next season, which, don't get me started, on the White House getting invaded. But anyway, it's just... Yeah, I mean, I just feel bad for the the Wayne Palmer character because, like, I've always liked him and I think you could have done this a lot more with him because I remember being, like, I think I said at the beginning of the season when they said Wayne Palmer's a president, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of excited about that. And then I just think they just kind of, they fail the landing with the Wayne Palmer's president storyline. Uh, I'm a little bit the opposite, but I think coming into the season, you were higher on Wayne as a president than I was. I always sort of look back on this almost laughing like, oh, you, you're so out of ideas. It's like Wayne Palmer is the president Keith. now, but Keith is the president. Yeah. Um, but uh, A, I think that his character has a little bit more depth to it than most character this season because we at least get these glimpses. Of, it's like Jack. They don't go quite far enough, but we get these glimpses of he's not equipped for this job. And we have Wayne questioning himself throughout this season, you know, and and even the way that they they reserve when he's going to be presidential tough guy Wayne and the audience is almost believing that Wayne's not capable of doing this. And then he, you know, pulls something out like he did at the beginning of this episode with the, the ambassador or whatever. Um, yeah. So I think that I, I kind of will walk out of this season feeling like it's not quite as much of a, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for our ideas. They maybe had something that they wanted to work with here. It's just unfortunate that this is where he goes out. If you'd had him go out on episode 14 or 15, I think you could have done a lot more with him. I think, Two, given the limited options this season, I've marked it down as a potential top five as Palmer nearly I, gets assassinated. Again, it's not a perfect scene, but I've got no, it on my list. It's, I mean, it's just, I'd be sad if it makes the top five, but I mean, you know. Um, yeah, what else have we got to choose? Um, trivia. Uh, apparently, the 
footage of the explosion was recycled footage as well from the Omicron International Bunker from uh, last season. Because you can see a stool and a table that were not there prior to the explosion. So some of the footage of the bomb was apparently recycled footage, even though there is a making of on the DVD around the bomb scene. Uh, the fan phone is back this episode. Uh, I believe that's the number that Chloe calls up Bart Simpson on. Um, I love here the trigger code for the bomb using the assassination attempt of Wayne Palmer 624. This is possibly as an in-joke in reference to the name of the show in the current yeah. season. Thank you. <laughs> um, nothing else really to add. I, there's nothing within the book, to be honest. Again, the book has been a bit lazy, just kind of like this season. Um, <laughs> it's still a bin from me, but I will say not the worst, as I said. Uh, this officially is going to be ranked as the third worst, uh, 129th. So ahead of last week, ahead of the week before. Uh, so, yeah, third worst episode of all time, 129 out of 131, which means that this episode will end up overall, again, just in the 200, 197. So haven't had anything crack the 200th yet, but I will say next week probably, and we'll change that. Um, some major issues with this episode, but uh, I've I've got it three or four spots higher than binning? last week's episode, so I'm renting. Oh, uh, so this is two in a, two rents in a row because oh. I think that there's at least some entertaining stuff happening here, and there's at least something there's something that I don't want to oh, take man. a nap in the middle of these episodes suddenly, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, I've got man. this at 102 overall, so it's just outside of uh, my top 100. If you do anything but bid next week. I will divorce you. Oh, next you. week, I'm saying it now. Next week is a bin. <laughs> I will divorce you. Um, <laughs> and I know that process is hard. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mentioned before that uh, The Simpsons did a 24 parody um, uh, not long after this episode, I believe. Uh, next week, 24 does a parody of itself because, yeah. um, like, legitimately, let's just, let's just go over something. We had a big storyline two seasons ago. Jack invades an embassy, the implications that that would bring on him and just the the, the badness oh. and everything that would come. The writers literally got two seasons later and were like, hey, remember that time Jack Bauer invaded an embassy? Yes, Jenkins, I'm listening. Remember how we liked that storyline? We did, yeah. didn't we, Jenkins? What if he did it but a different embassy? By gosh, done it, Jenkins, you're right. Put it in the episode. Uh, and then they they have the audacity to have a character say, you know, considering everything that happened last season, I wouldn't think this would be your first course of action, Jack. And Jack literally 12 hours earlier got back after being fucking tortured for 18 months. And he's like, yeah, but we really need this information. It's yeah. so bad. Next week again, yeah. we go straight to the bottom of it, uh, to the bottom of the list. And then we also get just the president of the United States has just been nearly assassinated and the reaction from everybody is just like, oh, well, we didn't like him anyway. Noah, what are you up to? <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm hosting it next week. Um, but Merry Christmas, everyone. That will be your New Year's Day episode. So we will yes. be starting 2024 with a bang. It's an Olympic year. Yay. And we're <laughs> going to be celebrating it with that episode. Um, our best of 2023 will be out as well this week. So uh, stay tuned for that. Very excited to bring you that. It's been a funny year. We're hilarious, so you will laugh at everything because you have to. Otherwise, we will invade your country. That is the rule. <laughs> and uh, do all the things at the end, like, subscribe, and everything else. And and we have we, we have, have more than just 24 next month. What will we have, uh, Colin? 
we are going to have Scott Pilgrim takes off. That's the uh, animated series, which uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's like it's it's kind of based it's on the Scott Pilgrim animated comics, and... and it's on Scott Pilgrim. Don't spoil it. But 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 it's 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 I will I will call it Scott Pilgrim. What if? Um, so Rossi, who has never seen Rocky. Scott Pilgrim, uh, had an Rocky had had an interest in this, and uh, he actually is the one who proposed doing it. Where him having no knowledge of anything to do with Scott Pilgrim and me having consumed every Scott Pilgrim thing ever existing. We could do it. So this this is already on Netflix. If people want to watch it, it's been out for about a month now. Uh, and uh, we're going to be doing it weekly. So eight episodes. So January and February will be Scott Pilgrim months. I still I still question the power this guy has on this show, Colin. Because like, literally, <laughs> like he literally messages, go, hey, I think we should do this. And then you're like, yeah, okay. And then you do it. Like, I mean, like if I'm like, well, hey, Colin, I really think we should be doing like Madonna's Greatest Hits tour uh, weekly. You're not going to like, no, we're, we're going to do that. Like, he just messages you and goes, well, I'm going to 007. We should, yeah, okay, we should do this. I want to be off the podium. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Give this guy, Her. like, some <laughs> some steps that he's got to do to achieve this status. Who is this guy to you? Come on. First of all, he comes up with good suggestions. His don't involve Madonna. They involve Scott Pilgrim. Uh, and second of all, uh, he definitely suggested The Amazing Race, which I have not even bothered to watch this season. So I let him do that one on his own. We- um, but, yeah, yeah. It, it, he has much better suggestions than you. I, I'm just saying, if you're a patron, one patron out there, if you message me and say, "Hey, we should do this," I'm just going to say yes because I mean, do it. <laughs> we, we, we we have no like. I mean, that of... means somebody's paying us. True. That's I won't I won't say no to that either. Um, do everything we say at the end. Happy, I hope you had a merry Christmas today, and you've listened to us today. Good job. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Um, what are the other ones out there? Kwanzaa. Boxing Day. <laughs> What's that one? Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. What do you say? How do you say Kwanzaa. that? Is that a, that's a thing, isn't it? Um, yes. The What's the Muslim one in like April? Ramadan. I'm just getting ahead <laughs> of all these ones that I'm going to miss throughout the year. So I don't want St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Easter. Day. Uh, Easter. That's not, do you celebrate Easter? That's more of a commemorative thing, isn't it? Like he died for our sins. Well, you, you eat. You eat. You eggs. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 the one of the months where turkey's on sale. <laughs> I don't know what the Hindu celebration is, so good for you on that. Happy that. What other religions? And Arbor Day. Buddhist Day. Um, <laughs> uh, what do the Mormons do? Uh, happy marriage, your seventh wife day. Um, <laughs> happy polygamy day. Scientology. Happy be a short gay Hollywood actor Tom day. Tom Cruise day. Um, just happy everything. Whatever religion you are, or if you're an atheist like me, happy every other day of the year. Happy <laughs> celebrating No Fictional Characters Day. That's great. Um, and I hope you have a fantastic turkey and presents day and all that sort of stuff. My name is Ben, and I have no quote. Boom. Uh, and my name is Colin, and kablamo. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs) 